Hello, wrestling family. Welcome to Sound of Whistle with IHSA wrestling official Tony Clark. Each week, I will bring you interviews with prominent figures in the sport of high school wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us tonight with another uh, Sound of Whistle with Tony Clark. Tonight, I have the privilege and the honor of talking to uh, two of the coaches from Deerfield High School, uh, head coach Mark Pector his uh, assistant coach, Aaron Cohen. Um, and we'll start with you, Coach Pector, if you just want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then we'll uh, turn it over to Coach Cohen. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, Tony. It's a, what a pleasure it is to, uh, to talk to you, and it's always a pleasure to talk wrestling, especially at this time of uh, time of the year when we should be at the state tournament. Um, I've been uh, the head wrestling coach at Deerfield High School, uh, for 20 years now. This is my 20th year. And uh, Coach Cohen actually uh, um, started helping us out in my second year as we were rebuilding uh, uh, the program over at Deerfield. And uh, so Coach Cohen, who I got to know a little bit through, um, through judo and also through my uh, time as a student teacher in, uh, and also coach at Stevenson High School, uh, and I was glad to bring him on board. Like I said, in my second year, I believe in the uh, 2002, 2003 season. So I'll let uh, Coach Cohen introduce himself. <laughs> oh, thanks for the introduction, uh, Aaron Cohen. I've been uh, Deerfield for 19 years. It's been awesome. It's a couple rough, uh, couple rough early years, but you know, I would rather uh, be a part of something, building it up, than. Uh, then join something uh, that's already built, you know? So it was really cool when I started because I was young, right out of high school, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that, uh, we all go way back. I mean, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, it's very few people that I haven't refereed that are now coaching. I mean, it's really, it's really, really weird, uh, you know, just being around this long. Uh, I remember the Stevenson days with both of you guys, uh, especially uh, – Coach Cohen, you know, he was part of the thug brigade over there. <laughs> Coach Martinez had uh, developed back in those days, you know, get those rough and tumbly, not not so much nice guys out of Lincolnshire to uh, come out and, and show wrestling how, how it needed to be done. So uh, I know Coach Martinez uh, always thought very highly of uh, Aaron and his crew. He liked um, their uh, unique yeah. style. Yeah, it was very, very unique. Um, but, you know, so I remember you guys getting started there. And, uh, you know, let's talk Deerfield Wrestling. I mean, I, I go, you know, back to the 70s with Deerfield Wrestling. So uh, a little bit further than you two. But, uh, you know, you guys, uh, in my opinion, and I'm quite sure a lot of officials and other coaches out there will say the same thing, you guys have done a, a pretty good job over there um, over the years, you know, uh, bringing that building, like you said, you started from the ground floor. What do we have? Uh, how many medals we got? I know we got a state champion. Yeah. Yeah, we've uh, we've actually had a state placer the last seven years in a row. Um, so I haven't, I, I'd have to look at my records to, to count up all the medals, but we're happy to say the last uh, two years in a row, uh, our last year in 3A, uh, we had three place winners, and uh, also last year, our first year in 2A, we had three place winners. So I'm proud to be able to say that we were able to do it in both, you know, 3A and in, and in 2A. Yeah. So, um, but we've been really happy with that because we've also we've had state qualifiers now. I think uh, 11 years in a row, and you know, uh, and honestly, in the state of Illinois, you know, uh, it's a big deal just to have a really a state. A, a state qualifier, and that's what we've had 11 years in a row. I don't know if I said placer, but we've had uh, state qualifiers 11 years in a row and I believe seven years in a row with placers. So uh, we're really, really proud of uh, of that fact. You know, when we started this program up, they hadn't won a conference, a CSL conference wrestling meet in 10 years. And uh, so part of it was changing the culture and, and getting, uh, you know, not only, you know, our, our kids, but our school to believe, you know, that we could, that we could do that. 
the AD at the time, uh, when I was first hired there, when I left Stevenson, said that, uh, you know, we don't know if wrestling works in Deerfield. And uh, if you don't get more kids out for the team, we might have to cut the program. So that was kind of the pressure we were dealing with when we first took over took over the program. So, um, you know, the first thing was recruit and get kids and get them to love the sport like, like we do before we could even think about, you know, getting kids uh, downstate. I want to give a shout out to Todd Cohen, though, because uh, before we took over, Todd Cohen was the last Deerfield State qualifier, and I believe that was 19... 19- not 83 uh, before we were able to break through with our very first state qualifier, which I believe was 2007 with Mark Harris. That sound about right, Aaron? Yeah, I don't know what year Todd uh, was, but uh, uh, Mark for sure. Yeah, I know Todd was 1983. Oh, yeah, Mark was correct. So what do you, you know, contribute to, you know, you're still, you guys are still considered, you know, yeah, you got 20 years in, but. You know, in, in Lake County, that's still considered pretty young. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you contribute to your success factor? Coach Pector is the man. <laughs> I, you know, I think we, we've had a, a good run because I really feel like, you know, um, Aaron and I and the coaches we were able to bring in, we have a, you know, we balance each other out pretty well. Um, you know, when, you know, I get pretty uptight and, and you know, and, and really – worry about things and, you know, and then, and, you know, watch video and do all kinds of stuff. And he's more fun, I think, and keeps things a little bit more grounded, uh, which is important to have, you know, to be able to have both. But I think probably the biggest thing in order to be able to do this was to, to change a culture, to get people to believe that they could win. Um, and, and in order to do that, you have to build relationships with people. Um, And I think that's really important. I think we've been able to build relationships with our athletes, our parents, um, the people that we work with, um, people that are related to the sports officials. I think like you, Tony, I think we built real good relationship over the years. We have an appreciation, you know, for everybody who wants to keep our sport going and, 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 and cares about our sport as much as we do. So I think, you know, it's just respecting people and, and building those relationships with people. And then, uh, you know, changing a culture, getting kids to believe that they can win. Um, not, a lot of things are involved with that, a lot of layers, you know, to celebrate our past. And, you know, we put record boards in the room and, you know, got alumni involved and, and just really got people really, really excited about what we were trying to do. Yeah, I uh, I think I was there for one of your first alumni nights. It was a, it was a, a lot of electricity to bring you know a lot of those guys back and and to watch them being recognized. Uh, Coach Cohen, you know a lot of people probably don't realize you coached uh, a pretty successful junior high program that uh, fed into Deerfield for a lot of years. Well, we were uh, pretty lucky. Uh, you know, Coach Hoy was over there for a while. And when Coach Hoy kind of took a back seat and wanted to spend more time with his kids, uh, I actually asked Coach Pector, and our we had to clear it with our AD. And we're like, "Hey, I'm like, is it cool if uh, you know if I go in and kind of help the help the junior high a little bit because that's our future?" And uh, our AD at the time, Ruiz, was really cool with it, and Coach Pector was really cool with it, and um, we had a lot of support from. Uh, I think it was like the sixth or seventh grade group at the time. And uh, they really, they really helped. And they did a lot of the recruiting for me and made it really easy. We had a lot of great kids, which was awesome. And then, uh, you know, everything kind of worked out from there. We kind of bonded them, the, the, really the three schools. We were really close with Shepard. So it was Caruso, Shepard. And then uh, um, I bonded them with the high school. I made the high school kids, uh, uh, show up to their meets too at times when they could, and uh, it was really cool. Yeah, you had a you had a lot of success at that level. Um, I don't know how many of them, you know, translated to the high school program, but you guys were really. I remember you really being really successful in the IESA. Yeah, uh, we for those good. years, we took, we took third one year and we won it. We won state the next year. Uh, but yeah, we had a. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. uh, it was good just to see the community do really well. 
Now, did that help snowball you guys a little bit or give you more success, you know, pulling those kids into the high school program? I think it did help, but it also, I'm not going to say hurt, but, you know, for the first time in a long time, we had one of those very good problems to have where we had a lot of really good kids at the same weight class, you know? So <laughs> unfortunately a lot of kids that I think would have snowballed and made really good high school wrestlers, they just really never got a shot, you know, because they were behind uh, Andrew Mirholtz at the time or Nick Cupid's, you know, or Kenny Kirstein, you know, one of those guys. Yeah. I, I saw coach when you said, uh, a good problem to have. Yeah, Coach Fletcher problem. had to smile. And when he smiled, it brought back a memory. Uh, you started bringing state officials in to do Russell-offs. Yeah. We, because you had kids that good. Uh, I know Tim Dodge came over. I came over. You uh, had Dodge to get guys to come in there to do the Russell-offs to kind of relieve the pressure from the coaching staff. That We had issues before with it. Because yeah. people thought we were playing favorites. And, you know, we were just officiating a match. I have a f funny story about that, actually. I I had, uh, and this is even before, um, as we started getting better, this is even before that that group that came in from Caruso. Um, you know, I had I had a junior against a senior in a challenge match. They were both very talented guys. Both wind up uh, eventually being state qualifiers. Uh, one of them was a two-time state qualifier. But uh, when they were after two the challenge match was over, one of them, came to me and said, hey, you wanted the other kid to win because because he's a junior and he's got another year left. And within five minutes, I had the other kid come to me and tell me, hey, you want the other kid to win because he's a senior. And it wasn't, you know, officiated fair. And I made them both come over together. And I said, say what you said. And then I said, now tell them what you said. And so I had to let them both see that, uh, you know, they both thought that I was favoring the other guy. Yeah. So I guess that means I was I was in favor of anybody. Yeah. And uh but after that, you know, luckily, you know, we got we have you know, people understand. Luckily we had officials who are like you were willing to come in, you know, and give us a hand and uh you know and help us out of that situation. You know, if you can get a state official to come in and do your challenge matches, that's that's pretty special. So yeah. we really appreciated that. Yeah, no, I remember some of those challenge matches. I mean, it came down to a stall call, you know, <laughs> one point, you know, you got two just great kids going at it and, and you know, somebody's going to be left home. So that's why I, I saw that little smirk across your face because it, it, it sparked a memory and then it brought my memory back. <laughs> yeah, those were those were those were fun, tough times back in those days. Those were those we those were successful teams. But I think Aaron, you know, could attest to the fact that. You know, those were challenging years to coach for yeah. sure. You know, we were really successful. Um, but behind the scenes, you know, we had some very challenging parents um, at the time. And, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunately at times it took the fun out of it, you know. And, you know, we would never, never want to give up that success. But, you know, you just, you know, it, it did. It took some of the fun out of it. Um but, you know, we got through it and we were successful. And because of that, I think it made us, our team, better in the future. And I also really think it made us made us better coaches, makes it uh, appreciate other times as well. For sure. Yeah. I, I know you got to give Aaron a lot of credit. Uh, I know he brings the judo club <laughs> type of style in, in, into the program. And I know he's one of these very, very dedicated coaches. He hasn't missed a practice yet. All year, has he coached record? <laughs> you know what? You know, the funny thing about that is, is you know, we have probably have a different relationship because of how close we are, you know, where you you kind of, you know, you know, other coaches are probably, you know, they're, they become friends and they get hired together and they're kind of stuff like that. But, you know, Aaron is more like family. So, you know, so you, you know, you're able to fight and bicker you know, with family at a different level than you could with just a regular regular colleague or associate. But yeah, you know, we gave each we give each other hard times, you know, over the year. He's a young dad with three little kids. You know, I get it. You know, and uh, he's got his club and all that kind of stuff. But we razz each other all the time because, uh, you know, 
I don't miss ever. <laughs> I wish I could be a pregnant. But he does. <laughs> I, uh, I I do see his uh, Twitter feeds every morning, <laughs> uh, either promoting the judo or, or you know, showing off the uh, the youngins. I, okay. I get a kick out of it. Sometimes I, I throw a little clappy hand up there if, if something really tickles my we funny ended bone not, that we he posts. We did not post anything for a year, you know. I had to yeah. build back up again. Yeah, yeah. I rely on Aaron for all my tech. Yeah. So I, I need him to uh, start giving us a little bit more uh, Deerfield wrestling tweets. We're a little bit – we're lacking in that department. <laughs> know, right? I'm not good at that. I don't know how to switch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that, that that is funny. You, you bring up the, the, the family. I've always felt uh, as an official, you know, coming to your building or seeing you, you know, at a tournament or something like that uh, – you guys just have a fun staff. I mean, you like you say sometimes you get a little uptight, but you you your whole staff's always been respectful, respectful yeah, to the officials, and the officials really appreciate that. Uh, you guys have been in some, you know, you you you've had some good battles. I mean, let's you know, Antioch tournament, you know, our Thanksgiving Antioch tournament, uh, best officials of the year in that tournament. You know, Unbelievable. we we have fun, but I, I'll never forget our first year there. Uh, I think you were wrestling Hersey, and you had a good squad, but it took almost two and a half hours for oh. you and Hersey to finish a duel, and we're sitting there blood. scratching our head. Is this how it's going to be for the next two days? I hey, mean, I got a question. Was Blackshaw coaching at Hersey then? Uh, I don't think he was. Oh, okay. No, no, I don't think he was. Uh, I'm at Blackshaw's house now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, so you guys have always been pleasant for – the officials to, uh, you know, I've never heard officials say, oh, I'm not going to Deerfield because those guys are mean. You know, I can't say that about your predecessor, but, <laughs> you know, at least for your, you guys always have made it fun. Um, I don't know if that was just because you had, a, you, you guys are, you know, to a lot of us officials, you guys are, you know, still youngins. And uh, you guys just, you guys, your team always just seems to be like they're out there having a good time. You guys are having a good time. And uh, we really, really do uh, appreciate that. It's a good atmosphere because uh, we're still learning, and it's a good place to come for us to learn things and and see what chokeholds Coach Cohen is teaching that we can uh, outlaw the next year um, with his with his semi MMA style there sometimes. Um, but no, I, I, I it's been fun watching you guys. Like I said, I, I you know I remember you guys coaching at Stevenson and. Uh, it's always fun coaching with Leno Martinez, so, you know, at any level. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, before I, I became the head coach at Deerfield, I was the assistant varsity at Stevenson. And and that year was uh, was a, one of the most fun years I've had, you know. Um, you know, you didn't have the responsibility of being a head coach, you know, but you could, you know, build rapport and, you know, make practices and, and do all those fun things, you know, without all that pressure. We had a great time, great time that year, and yeah. it was fun. That's when, uh, you know, Adam Ulrich upset Lampro's photos in, in the quarterfinals, and, um, and, you know, we had four guys downstate, and which at the time that was a record for Stevenson, and uh, and that was great. I mean, it was a, that was a lot of fun, but um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, <laughs> taking, uh, leaving, leaving, uh, Stevenson and going into Deerfield. Obviously, it worked out for the best, but those were pretty. Those were some pretty tough years. Those first years over at Deerfield, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched you guys raise the bar as, as a group over there. Um, let's talk about this season that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, like you said earlier, I mean, we should be we should be you know celebrating medals. This would have been the uh, finals of our individual boys tournament next week. You know, Tuesday we would have been seeing who was going to the dual team state. Um, you guys have had a little bit of fun at the dual team state. Um, <laughs> you know, what, which, which, as a coach, what do you like? You know, I know we like both tournaments, but which one do you migrate to the most, the individual or the dual team? Want to take that, Aaron, first? Uh, well, it's tough. You know, the individual, you're really uh... – it's the individual is very tough because it's a long weekend. It's, you know, three, four days, you know, we go a day early and each, if you have multiple state qualifiers, you know, 
sometimes they're in different rounds. So you got up rounds and you got down rounds and you're up and down and you're, you know, there's sometimes there's a lot more downtime than, you know, you got to go back to your hotel room, which is very tough. And when you're with the team, you know, you just kind of go there the day before and then, you know, you get, <clears throat> you know, we're grateful that we're there and you're enjoying it with your team and then you get down to business and then, uh, you know, you kind of all do it together. So it's a little bit different. Uh, it's definitely when we, you know, looking back, you know, winning a team thing was really cool and uh, just be everyone doing it together. And, uh, you know, you see your family in the crowd and some old alumni that came to see you, which was really cool. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's really difficult to say, but uh, they both have their definitely have their ups and downs. And uh, but uh, I mean, the state tournament's just always great to go to the individual. I mean, there's just unbelievable wrestling. Some of the best kids in the country, you know, Illinois does a great job. Yeah, I, and I would say, man, I love the individual state tournament, especially as a fan. Yeah, as a coach. <laughs> um, it's a little different story. You know, the individual state tournament is the best of times and the worst of times because, you know, you're, you're down there and, and you go up and down and, um, you see, you know, your kids, you know, either having a lot of success and, and it's really, you know, the height of pride and, and exhilaration. But then at the same time for a lot of seniors, you know, it ends with their their head in their hands, crying because they can't believe the run is over. And you know, and then as a coach, it's you know, you go through a quite a ride there, you know. And you 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 know, obviously, people know that coaches are more than just teaching technique, right? I mean, we're we're psychologists as well, and we sit down and talk to kids and you know who didn't have their career end the way that they had hoped and. You know, that happens to a lot of kids. So it's a, it's tough that way because you're up and you're down. I think then going down to the team state, you know, it's just like, you know, you're so happy to be there. You, know, you qualified for team state. That's incredible. Then you get to enjoy that for a little bit. And then you get down there and the, the, our school gets us a real nice bus, which is really cool. And we go down there and, and then we, you know, and then it's like down to business. Okay, now we're here. You can't be satisfied. We want to come home with a trophy, you know, and that's obviously, um, you know, a difficult thing to do. I was having a conversation with an old-time coach one year. I, we were in the lobby getting ready to, to wrestle. And sometimes you need people to put you in your place or give it perspective. And he was a parent of one of our wrestlers. We also had been a coach. And he pulled me to the side and he basically said, he said, you know, he said, you really need to enjoy this. He said, I've been coaching for 30 years. I've had some good teams, but I never brought a team down to the team state tournament. And he said, most coaches will never bring a team down to the team state tournament. He said, so you really, really got to enjoy that and appreciate it. You know, and I'm very grateful that we've been able to do it you know, a couple times, you know, because, you know, it's the show, you know, I mean, even getting in the individual state's amazing. And then being able to go to team state, that's probably be one of my best memories ever is, is first qualifying for team state at first year that we did. And then, and then, you know, this, this, the year that we placed getting, getting picked up in the year by the team, you know, it, it was just, it's just a great, great, great memory for me hopefully we can do it again soon yeah and uh, i feel like honestly and, and tony you were asking about this year you know i think we can you know we're going to lose some kids because of uh, covid and, and because they're going to be doing some other sports and you know we gave a good core you know i think we're going to have some holes like probably most teams uh but if we could stick together i think this team that we have this year which is relatively young i think we can make a run Again, next year, if everything goes back to normal, we got some kids working hard and a good solid core of kids that are that are not seniors. So looking looking forward to getting back at it. What do you think is going to be the hardest part uh, 
when we, you know, we get through the April through June seven week season, we get past that. If things allow us to come back to our regular season of November through February, what do you, what do you, what do you think is going to be the hardest part? Uh, again, you lost your junior high programs. You didn't get to talk to them as much. Uh, what do you think is going to be the hardest part to get wrestlers back out on a mat for Deerfield High School? Like you said, recruiting. <laughs> you know, we don't. We're not a private school where kids are just coming right are transferring into our school. We're, uh, you know, we got to go find those kids in gym class and math class, and you know, get their get our get the kids to recruit and get their friends to wrestle. Yeah, I agree with that. Wrestling's a it is always a tough draw, and uh, we learned that you know the hard way. You know, I thought maybe when we'd have more success, we'd just have more kids coming out for the team. And that's not necessarily the case. So, you know, anybody who is listening to the podcast or anybody who knows anything about wrestling knows that wrestling is a tough draw to begin with. Now we're going to throw COVID on top of this and, and people have their fears and their parents are going to be reluctant. And so um, wrestling could take a hit a little bit, um, especially our smaller programs, you know, to fill out these weight classes. This might be, this might be the time for – I always hate to take away spots from kids, and I was never a proponent of that. But this might be the time for the National Federation to go ahead and look at the amount of weight classes that we have, and maybe maybe it's time to make it an odd number and make it 13 rather than 14. You know, I just think that otherwise there's going to be forfeits, at least with, you know, the smaller schools. You know, you're just going to have a hard time, you know, filling up those weight classes. But um, – so that's, that's going to be the tough is getting kids back out. I can tell you that, you know, we're going to just kind of try keeping it fun, um, you know, and uh, getting kids to come out and hopefully realize the benefit, the lifetime benefits of wrestling. And, um, you know, we'll take, you know, early on, we said just kind of like it says on the Statue of Liberty, man, we, we will take everybody who wants to give it a try. We're not going to cut anybody and we will find your best asset and we're going to make it work. You know, so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just looking for kids, whoever they are, whether they've wrestled before or have not, or even if they come out, you know, after their freshman year, we will take them and we will give them the time. We will stay, you know, I will come in early. I will stay late. You know, I will work with those kids that want to work. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, Find a love for the sport. You know, we're kind of doing that now, you know, for the kids that the parents are okay with it and they want to work. We've been able to really implement, I guess that's one of the silver linings. We've really been able to work on some things during some of these contact days that we might not have been able to work on before. We're really trying to upgrade some of the things that we've been doing in the room without the pressure of having to wrestle right away. So we've been, we've been really installing and doing some, some new things in our room, I think, that are really going to benefit us, um, you know, when our season does start. All right. Let me throw a couple of things at you like I do when I talk to other coaches. Um, so this year, you know, we haven't had a chance to, to get to all, you know, to implement the rule changes. But if we do get our season in uh, April through June, um, we've done away with hair length rule. Um we're, we as officials are no longer going to care how long your hair is in the front, the sides, or the back. How you know, however you wear it, you wear it. You you know, we all go back a ways with you know high and tight crew cuts were were what a wrestler used to look like. Do you think that helps the sport or or is going to have a neutral effect? If, um. Well, I can tell you from my personal standpoint, and uh, uh, I think it helps. I think wrestling, for whatever reason, and we just talked about how hard wrestling is to begin with. I think wrestling over the years has done a lot of things to shoot itself in the foot. You know, I, I, I go back to when they didn't let allow the biker shorts underneath singlets. Yeah. And they would penalize kids every time mm -hmm. they would pop out of the – like it, it, that was nonsensical. And then we had to cut those things and, 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 you know, it cost kids matches and, 
you know, it was just, it was ludicrous. It was, why would we do that to ourselves? And I, I feel like it's the same thing with the, with the hair, you know, why, why, why would we do that to, you know, if the college is not doing it, you know, why would, why would we do that on our level? And I, I think that, uh, we should be welcoming to everybody. Remember Regardless those kids, of those kids had the plastic braces on them, like they put the plastic on it. Yeah, there was another oh, rule. Yeah, the strips. Yeah, like yeah, we I still mean, haven't. We still haven't. That rule, those things still are outlawed, so we still haven't fixed that part yet. Like they they serve the purpose of not cutting up the mouth, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, why aren't they legal? It doesn't affect their wrestling. Uh, yeah, Tim Dodge, you know, rest his soul. Uh, he he spent a lot of years trying to trying to write rule proposals to make that just something as simple as those tooth strips uh, make sense. Uh, it, it's still it, it's still out there. The federation hasn't uh, passed that one yet. So we got rid of the hair. Uh, how do you you guys have some nice sharp two piece uniforms? So. You know that rule got changed a couple of years ago. We didn't have to wear the you didn't you weren't just stuck wearing a singlet. How did that rule change translate for your team? Um, do you think kids accepted you know the uniform style better? Did it help you know recruit more kids? Or again, was that pretty much neutral for you? For for me, well, let, before we even get into that, let me let me just say that uh, you know. I know you too, Tony, but Aaron and I, we love Tim Dodge, you Man. know, and that's a great loss to the wrestling community. He'll never be forgotten. He was, he, he was the best. He not only as an official, but just as a human being, I, you know, that he's just, just heartbroken. And I've had old wrestlers even, you know, email me mm -hmm. about that because he was, he was a real friend to our program and to all programs. And um, so my heart goes out to his family and to the wrestling community. He will be sorely missed. You know, he's a great man. Um, but as far as the two-piece singlets go, I, for me, when I go into, you know, PE classes every year or advisories and I try to recruit freshmen, now I can say, hey, you don't need to wear a singlet. You can wear a T-shirt and shorts that you're comfortable with. There's a lot of boys that are uncomfortable with their bodies, uh, you know, uh, especially as freshmen, you know, and they've seen those tight singlets, you know, and, you know, and if you're a kid that's not in really good shape, you know, you know, that that's, that's a thing that could keep a kid from wanting to, you know, wrestling as it is, you're out there by yourself in front of everybody. Now you want to put a kid in there who's not yet in shape, throw him in a singlet and throw him in the match. So that's, I think that was a good rule change. The, the higher level wrestlers, they, of course, they're like, you know, we want singlets, you know, but as you're recruiting kids and until you can develop them, you know, it's great to have that option to say, you know, we got T-shirts and shorts, man. You can come out for the team. You don't have to worry about your body image because it's that's not what it's about. It's about we're going to teach you this wonderful sport and don't worry about how you look. We, we got that. We got that covered. No, that's, that's a good point. Uh, wrestling, unlike judo, doesn't get to compete in your your comfortable robe and pajama pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw that. I, I throw that little judo pajamas. Yeah, we call them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we got different colors. So, uh, we tweak the concussion rule a little bit. Uh, we don't see a lot of concussions uh, protocol, so I don't. Think, I think that rule's uh, been pretty much neutral. Uh, we we keep redefining stalling, how we're going to call stalling. Um, as officials, do you think we are getting better at our stalling consistency, or do you think we still got some work to do there? Aaron, take that one. <laughs> Listen, I think that, you know, it's it's tough, you know. It's very – that's stalling call is a tough call. It's a kind of a – you know, I, I think they do a great job of it. I mean, we're always going to have our times where we think other other teams are stalling or we're stalling and we don't think it's stalling. So it's a, uh, it's a very tough, uh, you know, very tough thing, different, much different than judo because uh, you know, you're saving team scores and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're winning a match, you know, usually you're not stalling or I'm sorry, if you're losing a match, you're usually not stalling, but you know, you could be, 
uh, it's just tough. I think they do a great job of it, and they they're definitely more on it as the state series come, you know. And the aggressor, they want the you know like the way it should be. They want the aggressor, or not? They want, but the aggressor is going to get the advantage most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the way it should be. It's going to be. It's just too tough. There's too many different referees, too many different levels. Um, you know, very difficult. Uh, yeah. In my in my experience, you're you're it's, it's this. You're right. Stalling is different. You know, in the beginning of the year than it is when you're at the state tournament. You know, and there's been people saying, well, you know, stalling should be stalling. It should be the same. You know, at the beginning of the year as it is at the end of the year, and then and then you know, for one year, I I thought that it was called differently depending on what part of the state you were in. You know, I felt like the Southern that, you know, when you get downstate, the guys that were officiating down South were calling stalling different than the guys who were officiating up North, you know? So I, I you know, I kind of like it, you know, when they take some, it's going to be impossible. It's the toughest call in the sport, yeah. but when they, when they take some of the judgment away, like if you back out of bounds, you're mm-hmm. stalling kind of like they're doing in college. You know, if they could take the judgment away and make it obvious, you know, you you better circle back in. You know, if you don't circle back in and you're stepping out, boom, stalling. Everybody knows it. That's stalling. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, the times that kind of bother me is if, you know, you got a guy on bottom, right? And uh, you got a guy on top who's a great leg rider. And he's smashing your face into the mat and cross-facing you and not letting you build up. And he's getting his face beat in. And then it's like, all right, let's throw salt on the wound for hitting him for stalling, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, this poor kid ain't stalling. This guy on top is, is not letting him get up. He's got his knees up off the mat. He ain't stalling. He's just getting his ass kicked. Excuse my language. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> he, you know, so um, so I, I don't know. It almost seems like, you know, you always love it when the guys who are roughing those matches, you know, don't forget what it was like to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, you don't hit a poor kid for stalling when he just can't get off the mat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How do you guys feel? Because uh, the last couple of years we've been working to get uh, more scoring. So we've, we've opened up the boundary lines a little bit. Uh, yeah. We're pinning out of bounds. We're scoring out of bounds. You know, if you can get your guy there and turn him, we're not breaking the action as fast. So hot. How do you see that one? You see that as a, a positive for the sport? For sure. Absolutely. Love that. Love it. That's reward the kids who are being aggressive and scoring out of bounds and, you know, keeping their feet wrestling. in and, you know, throwing a guy to his back or, you know, so that guy can't, you know, just push his way out of bounds, you know, you know, while he's on his back, kind of scoot out of bounds. Definitely. I love it. Reward the kids who are getting after it. Love it. Yeah. So one of the rule changes you'll see this year um, and, you know, future years to come, because it's not going to change again. So we now have what we call intimate scoring. So if your wrestler uh, is in the process of scoring an escape, a reversal or a takedown, and the opponent indicates to the, the to the official that they're hurt, so if you're if you're about to get a takedown and, and, and the ref has to stop it because the opponent's hurt, you're gonna get the two points. It's gonna be an intimate. I like that. Same thing for the escape, same thing for the reversal. Or the pin. Um, the pin is the big one because kids are like, I'm choking, I'm choking, you know, to get off their back. And that happens a lot. Yeah, that 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 one puts the officials in a real hard spot. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you, I've been in some matches where you know, we used to have that that mentality. If you can talk, you, you can breathe. Yeah. Um, you know, our society out, has changed. Tap out, you lose. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll talk about the tap out. And our and our society has changed um, to the point. You know, some people are sue conscious. Some people are just, you know, what what do I do? You know, is this kid really in distress? A lot of kids just have panic attacks. In my opinion, yeah, they have panic attacks. Uh, it's very seldom I have a kid who wants to tell me, especially at the varsity level, and I do a lot of lower level, and I don't get there either much, you know, they'll panic and they want to get off their back. But, uh, you know, the younger kids, I don't think they know enough to try to use, I can't breathe or I'm in trouble as a, as a tactic to get off your back. So I don't see that a lot. But does it happen? 
Yeah, it, it, it does in some tight matches. And, you know, if you, if you, you know, depends on the situation. So we, we as officials, that's a hard spot for us to be in because I've had it where I call the pin. Yeah. So the kid who got the pin and, and, and myself, we're moving towards the center of the mat because it's over. And we look back and the kid's literally not getting up, you know, and that's the worst, you know, and I, you guys have seen it. It's nothing worse than seeing one of your wrestlers or, or the opponent, you know, laying there and, and paramedics coming and, and hauling them off, you know, and it, it just, you, you kick yourself. So uh, that's one of the reasons for this intimate scoring to take that fear away because we don't want to take uh, a point away from a kid because the other kid, you know, is in distress. Um, so that, that will help, you know, again, you know, I don't know, tap out rule. So let me throw that out there real quick. So the reason why we really don't have a tap out rule in high school, tap out means I'm done. I, I match is over. I quit. It's worse than to me. It's worse than being pinned. You, you cried uncle. You, you gave up, you know, because something that has you in such distress that you got to get out of it. You just, this match needs to terminate. Um, and you tell me, you know, so here's the here's the mentality uh, why I don't think the tap out rule is going to make it as a rule in high school. Um, because I heard someone once say, if we get a tap out rule, coaches are going to coach to the tap out. So you will you will bring in more moves and holes to cause a tap out. Do you, do you see that really as a possibility if we did get a tap out rule? I wasn't really talking about like a like a submission rule, like a submission, just more of the situation where, you know, let's say I snap you down to a front headlock, you know, your elbow comes up, you know, almost like a Tony Ramos special hooks mm -hmm. under that bulldog runs you over. You know, you see it, you see it in high school and then kids are calling off like they just want to get off their back. You know, they just want to get out of the pin where their neck's not in danger. You know, they're clearly on the chin. More like that, you know, not so much a submission, you know, where the, and I've seen it where the official is looking, they're looking, they're seeing, mm -hmm. and it is a very tough spot because their job is to, you know, have the safety of the kids. So, um, but I'm like, yeah. if you're in a pin and you don't see anything illegal, you know, they're, they're in a perfectly legal half Nelson, just tight, you know, and then the kid's just tapping off the back to get off his mat, off the back. Uh, you know, then I think they should call the pin. <laughs> yeah, and just to, to add to that, Tony, I, I think, you know, we've we've seen, we've been in this situation, and I think it's been coached. You know, if they're in a big meet and a big match and a kid gets put to his back, conversely, I think it's been taught to, to tap, tap, tap like that because then the ref stops it without calling the pin. Mm -hmm. And now this kid's got a second life, and I've seen kids come back to win big matches yeah, and they try to tap out. I, I think that, you know, cause it's not that we're going to teach submissions. I don't think anybody's going to teach to tap. I think what it is, is if a kid is on his back and he's getting pinned in a legal move and that kid taps, that to me counts as a pin. That if a kid is on his back getting pinned in a legal move and taps, fine, it's over, but the other kid wins. Now, if he's not on his back, if it's a bar or something like that, and a kid taps, that's a different story. I, I think, you know, could maybe he's in pain or something, but um, but to tap out from the back to save a pin, yeah, that drives me crazy. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a it's a rock and hard place for an official. Yeah. Um, you know, what's legit, what's not legit. I mean, there years ago. I mean, they wanted they, they called it unethical, but there was no penalty. You know, if you felt it was unethical, um, we couldn't really hit them with an unsportsmanlike. Um, you know, like you said, you don't know if the coach. You know, you guys are good with coming up with 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 keywords like Taco Bell and, and and run for the border and you know Oasis and you know you guys are good at, at making up little phrases to tell a kid how to get out of a situation. You know, we pick up on it after a while, and uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I just I, yell in Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it just you know, I, I think kids are just 
just who they are out there sometimes. Like I said, most of the most of my issues are kids just getting into a panic attack. Yeah. Um, I think they've done a better job and they do look, the officials do look to see if there's anything illegal. Mm-hmm. And if no, if there's nothing illegal, you know, I have seen it more where they will where they will call the pin, you know. I mean, it's not a hundred percent of the time, but I have seen it more where all right, nothing's illegal. They're clearly just tapping off their back to get off. And uh, they have called it. So it's not all negative. You know, it's just it's just one of those things where, all right, you could see that some people are doing it just to do it to get off their back. Yeah. Um, now, this isn't a rule change coming up. Uh, it's been bounced around. So like in college, if they get a four count, it's a four-point near fall. Yeah. Would you guys like to see that in high school? It's tough because some kids, there's such a big level uh, change, I feel like. You know, some kids are really, really good at uh, – you know, especially if you're wrestling some of the <laughs> schools that recruit top wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, and we get kids that are just coming off and they might be good enough to fight off a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. It's a, that's another tough one. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to see it at our level. Um, because the reason like Aaron mentioned that those levels that, you know, you get a kid on top and, you know, you get really good at teaching the tilt, you know, and pretty soon, you know, you tilt the kid, you know, you know, two, three times. Now the match is out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, that could change strategy and which is not always a bad thing, but it may change, you know, the amount of time that we're working on top and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that. But I, I, you're right. There's so much of a level different between you get to college and high school wrestling uh, I, I don't. I don't know that that that's gonna, that would be a great rule for high school. Yeah, it's like riding time. You know, some kids are just so much more dominant on top than others in in high school wrestling. Yeah, I think we had. I think we had riding time probably mid seventies. Uh, there was riding time. You know, uh, that didn't last very long in high school. Um, <laughs> Another thing I've seen bounced around, and again, it's not a rule change coming up uh, anytime soon. Uh, awarding a three-point takedown if they get it in a ten-foot circle. How hard do you think that would really be to to coach? Now, all, judo, all judo throws should be three-point takedowns. <laughs> now that one I've heard about for years, and and at first I'm like three-point takedown, what? But to me. Listen to coaches talk about it, particularly uh, what's his name from Glenbard South. He's always he's always been a proponent of that. Um, high school, the head coach. But anyways, if you think about it, right? Why should a takedown only be one more point than an escape and equal to a reversal? The amount of work it takes, you know, at a high level to secure a takedown. You know, in those tight matches we have downstate that mm-hmm. you are two to one, you got to take down, you're going to win, you know, because, you know, I've, both guys are going to get an escape and, you know, comes down. I don't know. I, I would, I don't know that I would mind that seeing the, uh, a three point takedown. I think it's commensurate to the amount of work that goes into that. I think. Especially if there's a stalling call too. Yeah. You know, you get a takedown, then the guy escapes, and then get the other guy gets hit for a stalling, or he's riding and he's holding onto a leg, and there's his warning. You know, now it's like, all right, the guy got an escape and a stall call, and they're tied up. Right. That's but that's and that's the best point right there, Aaron. Is you know, here you go, right, and you get a guy who works, he works uh, for the takedown, right? Gets that takedown. Two really good wrestlers. The guy gets the escape. You know, during that first period, he chicks. Takes bottom at the second period, gets it. Now it's two to two, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I, yeah, I think tough. a takedown is. It's tough because it's like, what if the other guy hits a head, tries a headlock and slips, and then the other guy gets the takedown? It's like, should he get three points for that? Yeah, it'd be so, tough, especially if we try to do it in a 10 foot circle. Yeah. Because that's where the extra bonus point will come. You stayed in the 10 foot circle. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah. that so yeah. that is if it happens right in the center of the mat. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but then that would force me to call a fleet of match if you fled the 10-foot circle, not to give up a three-point takedown versus a two-point takedown. You talk about you talk about being at the table trying to explain that one. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. But that would uh, be a stock call then. It, 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 it could be weird. Um, each of you take a, a shot at this. So what do you like about the officiating today? And what advice would you give to someone who wants to be an official uh, and what you would like to see that person turn into? So it's a two-part question. What do you like about the officiating today? And what advice would you give to an up-and-coming official? Well, I, I can tell you this. I think that um, the way that some of you guys have been around for a long time, you, 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 you do your job, you take control, but you don't have huge egos. You know, I, I like it when the ref can, you know, have a relationship with the coach, joke around with the coach, you know, and, and understand, like, you know, we're not doing brains. You know what I mean? It's serious, but it's not crazy serious where you don't have to get all of Titans, you know, but I do like a ref that comes in and takes control of the meat right away. And by then, I mean, you know, he's they're not going to let a coach who is loud or belligerent get under his skin and affect the way that they call the match. You know, take control. Listen, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes, and that's okay. Um, but but take control. Be confident in what you do, and you know, and, and learn from that. And and um, you like Tony, you do that really, really well. You take control of the match. Everybody knows, okay, you, you, you're you not going to be able to get, you know, to go over there and, and almost mess with you to try to get a call. It's, you're not going to allow that to happen. So you know you get to sit in your corner and you coach. It's not part of your strategy is to manipulate the official, you know. So it's like go in there, have a good personality, and and know the rules and take control of the meat. Even a, even a belligerent fan in the stands, you know, let's take control. I got this because otherwise, you know, if you don't take control of the meat right away and you start getting one of those dirty meats where people are, kids are being overly physical and throwing elbows, you know, but somebody who catches that right away, they stop it in their tracks. So I really like it when, when officials do that. Um, but it, it's not really the officials right now, Tony. It's it's coaches and fans. They it that the prop my problem is with, um, and I feel like I've gotten better with this as I've gotten older. Like, why would anybody want to officiate now when you got people that are belligerent to the officials and don't understand the importance to our sport? You know, if we don't have officials, we don't have a sport. So we need to treat them with respect. And understand that, you know, half the people are going to be upset on close calls and just kind of go with it. I, 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 I have a problem with people that are harassing officials. I, that's not good for anybody. It's not good for the sport and kids see how their parents act. That just that just drives me crazy. I, I'm sorry. I'm long winded in that. But I just official takes control, obviously knows the rules, treats the coaches with respect. But, um, but really, just it's really on the coaches and the fans to treat the officials with respect, and they should look at them in high regard, and not automatically, automatically booing and all that kind of stuff. Because if we can't do our sports without the officials, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I agree. I have a great respect for them, especially after. Uh... One year I wrestled at Harper College and they asked me to ref a tournament. <laughs> so that's when I got my whole new respect for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I totally agree. And, you know, uh, I think what's also what could be awesome. And, uh, you know, they obviously do this in a lot. And I don't know if they do it in other sports. They definitely do it in judo. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of referees, they, they, belong to, they belong to wrestling clubs, you know. I know, uh, <laughs> but... It, you know, a lot of them, a lot of officials are on the mats, which is awesome. And I think that really helps. The more time you're on the mat, the better. So stuff like that, which would be, would be really cool. Not that I want to see any rep, anyone get hurt, but. 
Yeah. Like, it'd be great to get uh, see Tony lace up again. You know. Oh, uh, that was. Hey, Tony, you know. 25 Monday, years ago, the old Plano Old Timers tournament. Well, listen, we have old timer practice, man. Monday nights, come to my judo club. We'll lace them up. Yeah, you, you need uh, paramedics and some oxygen. <laughs> You know, um, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's going to be weird. Uh, and I know we had, we had mentioned no, you know, it, when we do start our season, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, they just announced wrestlers won't have to compete in the mask. They'll wear the mask off mat. Um, so, you know, I see the basketball players are still running up and down the court in their mask while they're playing. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, oh, one of the other new rule changes is we're going to weigh in in our singlets or your two-piece uniform. You know, we're no longer going to be, you know, having to go Where? hide in the locker room and standing there in your suitable undergarment. Um, stand gonna, upside down like they used to do. My oh, brother. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, try to lose a 10. Uh, you think that'll be good, bad, neutral? Neutral. Can be uh, to wait. Yeah, I mean – Let's be honest, you know, the, our our guys that, you know, all the guys that are at the IHSA state tournament that are competing at a high level, you know, they're in peak physical condition, you know, in, in their tough states like ours. And, you know, putting on another singlet, putting on their singlet to weigh in, that might add another, what, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4? Maybe like add more. Yeah. That, uh, I, I see they're sell, selling weigh-in singlets now. Yeah, you're sure. not you're not gonna want to compete in them. <laughs> be awfully thin, but they are selling those because uh, one of the one of the things when we passed this rule at the federation level, we were not allowing uh, compensation for you know, the uniform you stepped on the scale on. That that was just going to be too problematic uh, to have this. But you can now we kind of do that for your freshman tournament. We kind of weigh in gym anyway, you know. But now you can you can weigh in all your teams and levels. You know, you can have your dual meet weigh in in the gym uh, come April if that's what you so choose to do um, because we're going to be dressed no matter what we do. That's the only good thing about wrestling in the summer. Now you can show up in your singlet. Yeah. It's not like in the winter. And daylight savings. Yeah, and daylight savings. We're gonna so is, is there a singlet going to be strapped up like you're ready to wrestle? Yes. You walk out yes. Scale? yes, because we no longer will separate the females from the weigh-ins. Oh, wow. So How does that affect skin check? We're gonna we're gonna look at exposed skin. Hmm. So if you're in a two piece uniform, we're gonna see what's exposed. Um, it's back to wrestler and coach's integrity. You know, if you know your kids got funkola, let's not let's not shut the sport down. Um, you know, you you've you've both been around where we've had programs shut down. Because Infantigo got bad, because Ringworm got bad. Uh, You're one of one year it was scabies. Am I saying it right? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just things that shut these programs down. So we got to go back to people's integrity. Um, if you know you got Infantigo on your back and you put on a, a two piece uniform to hide it, I, we're not going to catch that. We're not, and you're not going to see it as an opposing coach anymore. So it's just going to go back to integrity. Do you want to want to give the sport a bigger black eye because you're hiding? Hiding things that can that can get other people infected, you know. Interesting. So they're only going to check exposed skin. Well, yes, because that's all I can check during the weigh-in. You as a coach can still have your trainers do skin checks. Hey, Tony. Yeah. I don't mean to cut us out short, but I think I got to run, man. My little. You do. I saw. I saw the little one. It'll be. A, it'll be a. Uh, Instagram video tomorrow yeah. and throwing you on your head. So you you go on and bail out. Uh, thanks for doing us. Thank you, man. This is awesome. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So we will uh, hopefully I'll see you in April. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you at practice. Hopefully yeah. I'll see you uh, tomorrow, <laughs> Coach Beckler. Yeah, you're on the you're on the spot. I, I want to see I want to see an Instagram post. Okay, of you Tony. Coach in practice we'll tomorrow. See you judo Monday seven thirty. Okay. Uh yeah. When you get the old fat fat uh. Ex wrestler division in judo. I'll have Coach Becker come. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take All care, right. guys. Appreciate nice, it. Coach, man. Later, man. All right. So what I was saying, Coach. Uh, you know, so it's gonna be. It's gonna come down to integrity. You know what? What? What's there and what's not. But you could still have your trainer run skin checks. You know, I know a lot of schools are having problems getting trainers to do the skin check. It's wrestling. 
you know, they don't have to do that for any other sport. But uh, like, say you were running, you know, you would have ran regional or sectional tournament this year. You know, under this rule, you could have said, hey, I we, we don't want anything. So we're going to have trainers here and separate the skin check from the weigh-in. See, a trainer can always say, hey, I'm going to take you off to the side and do a better examination. Um, you know, we won't go into a lot of detail, but I, I, I remember a, a very tight skin check uh, affected your ability to uh, run a successful dual team one year. And uh, so you you know full well uh, the ramifications of, of a too tight skin check or a too loose skin check. Um, you know, you felt it personally. So, you know, when the committee, I mean, SMAC looked at this at the, at the federation level and they just said, we're going to have to see the data to see if it promotes additional skin issues. But right now there's no data that said it would. Um, and when you take into account, we were never checking the females because we're predominantly male uh, officiating group. Oh, that's a great point. We were not checking the females. So there was always an imbalance because that same female is wrestling along with the boys, picking up the same uh, skin problems, but we didn't have the ability to check a female. Um, they were done by a, uh, it had to be the same sex. Uh, so another female had to, had to look at them, um, you know, to, to see if they were clear. So this just, this just balances it out. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. You know, we didn't get a chance to get on the mat with this rule yet. And in seven weeks, we're not going to see a lot of data. Um, right. from our state. I um, wonder, does that, does that change any of the rules then regarding skin infection or do those rules still stay in place? Those rules still stay in place because we just changed weighing in in a uniform. We did not change the skin check rule. The skin checks are still required, but like you said, you know, what was the best time to check skin for to get on the scale? We're not going to have them disrobed to get on the scale. Uh, but if you think about the Antioch tournament, he always has a separate skin check time. Um, so it, it, it would be, you know, it would be awkward to say, okay, we're going to skin check without the uniforms. You could, but now you got to separate the sexes again in order to do that. But you, oh, so you do could do that. So a tournament manager could say, we're still doing traditional skin checks yeah. and then we're doing weigh-in? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Because the rule just says weigh-in in uniform. Doesn't say skin check in a uniform. You know, it's just going to be a give me because most duels, we do the skin check just before you step on the scale. Tony, that's going to cause some issues. I, I'm going to tell you right now, when it gets into, uh, I, I wish they would just say it one way or the other and not have that leeway because, you know, when you get into a big meet or a big tournament, just being around long enough, mm -hmm. the guy says, well, you know, this is going to be a tough one. But if we can maybe catch one of their better guys with ringworm, we're gonna we're gonna even though all year we we haven't been doing this for this this time, we're gonna do a separate a separate skin check. Yeah, and that, that that that's what it is because the skin rule didn't change. Uh, I think you might have been coaching Stevenson, because uh, it happened to Michael Martinez, where we had a very tight, we had some skin problems somewhere down the line, and when we got to the regional conference level. Um, we tightened, I think it was regionals. We tightened it up and everybody was under a microscope. And I, I remember Michael clearly having to run across the street to a dermatologist for a, a mark on him, on him. But that was back when you could still run out, get checked, come back with a note, you know, before your match started. I mean, we can't do that today, but yeah, you're right. Um, that could affect things, but again, it comes down to the, you know, the onus is now on the coaches is what's really happening. Because if you think about it, a lot of officials don't know what a ringworm looks like. They don't know what an infantile looks like. Uh, you know, they don't know uh, skin acne from, you know, herpes. They, they really don't. When we're not dermatologists. You know, we have to be around a long time to understand something. And the rule only says I have to suspect. And then you as the coach or the parent of that, that that wrestler has to give me something from a medical professional that tells me I'm wrong. Um, so I know you, you know, you've been in those situations where you knew it wasn't a skin infection, but the official is like, well, I'm no doctor. So we're just going to, we're going to err on the side of caution, which is not what you want to hear in a tight duel. 
I'm going to err on the side of caution because we're challenging your integrity, kind of, sort of, but we're trying to do it to keep everybody safe. So yeah, but then the, you know, but then the coach might not really know for sure either. You know, you know, he, you may you may suspect, but you may not know for sure. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you come up at the most inopportune times, like you mentioned before. You know, weigh in at the state's you know tournament there for team tournament, but it's like, you know, I just know how how competitive things get. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I always like that, you know, things should be determined. The winner should be determined on the mat, not at the skin shack. You know what I mean? So that's why I worry that people will say, yeah, the big meat, you know. So I know all year we've just been doing a regular deck at the scale. But because of this one, now I'm bringing in my trainers and uh, we're going to have everybody get down to their underwear. and We're doing a skin check before weigh in. I just I just like. I don't like that. I just like it. This is the rule. This is always the rule rather than. Yeah. It, it, it'll be hard to separate out and, and knowing you at the end of at the, before postseason starts, you already have 14 skin notes. You yes, don't take do. any chances. You don't take a chance. You know, even your backups have skin notes. So you know. it's true. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I'm fortunate because I'm in an area that for the most part, I can do that, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, but I also feel for the, for the, for the teams that can't do that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they can't just run to a doctor, you know, and get a skin note because they don't have the, the means to do that. Yeah. And I, that's to me, that's sometimes what bothers me because it's like, man, that's, that's, it should all be on the, it should all be equitable. You know what I mean? And it's not always the case. No, it, it, it's not. All right, well, we're a little bit over an hour. Hopefully he shows up for practice tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> Thank no, you guys for doing this. We haven't seen this. him in a while, so yeah. hopefully. <laughs> well, he's practicing stay at home. Like, yes. you know, like, like, got like that down. CDC. Yeah, CDC said stay at home. <laughs> but, hey, Tony, I just want to say thank you for, yeah. for doing this. But also thank you for really, uh, you know, being such a great promoter, you know, for the sport that we all love. I mean, you know, not only being an official, but you run in tournaments. Uh, mm-hmm. It obviously helped us with our freshman tournament and helped us run sectionals. And, you know, and, uh, you know, your, your whole family is involved. And, you know, it really, wrestling really is a family family affair. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure and follow me on Instagram, ILWrestlingRef. Or you can follow me on Twitter at AssignerGuy, A-S-S-I-G-N-R-G-U-I, to be notified of new podcast episodes. Thank you, and have a great day.